that happened to me. You know, I, uh, I was thinking about my career at GreenHack, and many of you know, some of you don't. I'm a division president at GreenHack, so I've been in the business world and experience administering, managing, leading. And uh, what I wasn't prepared for was uh, how God was going to work and, and the fact that I, along with many of you, were going to get a front row seat to God at work. And that's really what it's been. So it started summer of 2010, and uh, we got together and, and did this visioning. And I'm going to share with you, you know, Bethany and any church is an organization, and businesses are an organization. So there's some similarities in being organized and having a plan and getting things done. But there is one very significant difference between a church organization like Bethany and a business. In a business, we get together every year. In fact, we're doing that right now at GreenHack, where we create our strategic plan, typically a three- to five-year plan, and then get the details for next year's uh, strategies and tactics. And we create that plan as managers. The difference here is the plan is already created. Okay, we don't create it. We have to unveil it. So it's our job just to unveil the plan that's already there. And that, that's what we do. So when we got together in the fall of 2010, we collected 10 people and very, very diverse group, and we worked to unveil the plan. It, we didn't create the plan, we unveiled the plan. Uh, we had our, our mission, our mission didn't change, our mission is to honor God. We do that by being in relationship with each other and with Christ. Um, and then we, we went ahead and documented a few vision items for us to help lead us in the plan that was there for us and we unveiled. So from my perspective, um, it's really been a matter of just unveiling the plan and then documenting it so we know what the plan is and then following the plan. And along the way, it's been just extremely uh, rewarding for me to see people jump in and uh, jump into the deep end of the pool along with me and many others and just make it happen. So what you're going to hear today is stories of those ministries, the people that have jumped in. And, you know, there, there's been so many. If you want to know how many people jumped in, start serving. You'll see they're all over the place. But again, I, I thank everyone who's done that. And if you're on the fence and you're wondering should you jump in or not, I can only say it's, it's a great experience. So uh, we have a great many people here at Bethany engaged. It's just incredible. Um, but if you're not as engaged as you'd like to be, um, please join the experience. Uh, I, I can just say from my, my perspective, it's been a blessing for me to just be part of this church and experience what God's church really is all about. I've actually been in leadership roles in other churches. They don't all do it this way. And, and this is a, a place where through Kim's leading and the overseers, we really are pursuing God's vision for what Bethany should be. So again, very thankful that, thankful to all of you, and just, I'm, I'm just uh, um, humbled and, and blessed at being able to be part of this church, so thank you for that. Thank you. Those of you who served in the military know a saying that, <coughs> talk about the fact that there are people that have your back, and I've got a number of people <coughs> Aaron is one of those guys. Another guy is Matt Welly, who served as our church moderator. There's a saying, and it, it goes, the devil's in the details. You ever heard that? <coughs> now, I'm not talking about Matt Welly, but Matt Welly <laughs> does a great job with details, and there are lots of details. If you know me, I'm not real great at details. So I, I really appreciate the work that he does. And what that means is, is that you, know, you can have great plans, but sometimes it's, it's, it's the forgetting of those little details that can undermine something very, very important. And so I have learned that details are very important. I asked, uh, I asked Matt, and Matt said, you know, there's a, there's a better looking one in our family than me, and that's my wife. And so maybe you'd like, maybe we'll talk about it, and one of us is going to share, because I asked them to share about this project that went on here last summer uh, <coughs> that was... Uh, Matt and, and Sandy was here a lot of the time, but that was, was kind of like a second job. And they just did a phenomenal job, and, and we were really excited about what we're going to enjoy next summer out here. So I've asked Sandy to come up and just share. And uh, Sandy and Matt, we appreciate both of you very, very much. I'm 
going to go up here because I'm not as polished as Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and I need something in front of me. <laughs> so, um, and I had to write it down. So, but last year about this time, the um, Long Range Planning Committee met, started meeting, and we discussed a lot of things. We, we talked about everything. We dreamt big and out of the box. And, but one of the first things that came out as being a top priority was something for our children, for local outreach, um, and something for just an overflow of our Connection Cafe, which was just booming at the time. And so, um, of course, the playground has been a dream for a while, and Kim had this vision of having an ark. That's what his vision was. And so, um, so Kim and I were nominated to go and put together a team and to go at it, you know, figure out what we're going to do first. And so, um, of course, I had to bring on my husband because I knew he'd be a strong asset with all the hardscaping that we had to do out here. And, um, and then, of course, um, we knew that Sonia Donaldson had some experience in playgrounds and Eric was in our buildings and grounds and so they were a natural fit, so we brought them aboard too. So that ended up being our playground team. Um, of course, everybody ended up being on the team, but we were kind of the coordinating part of it. Um, what you see through these windows right here is what happens when our plans align with God's will. Mm. And it's amazing. And like, like Kim was saying, um, it, was, it was exciting along the way because there was many a time where we just scratched our heads and thought, where is that coming from or where is that going to go? And it just all fell into place. So I want to thank all of you again uh, for making this project a reality. You gave an above and beyond your tithes. Uh, you worked into the dark, in the rain, the sun, and the cold. And um, it was amazing, the people that came and, and just kept coming. And so in the meantime, God, on the other hand, showed us um, his generosity through people from outside of Bethany. Um, and that was in and of itself amazing as well. Uh, one of those people would be um, that we were able to ex excavate this hillside almost free of charge because of Schrader excavating. And that's the employer of Jim Rose. Um, he let us use dump trucks, excavators and, and loaders and heavy equipment that I can't imagine what would cost to rent, <laughs> much less Jim's expertise of running it all. Um, we had the use of a bobcat owned by a friend of the Kleins, not for a couple days, but like for three months, mm. the entire summer. It saved a lot of blisters, a lot of backaches. When it came to pushing dirt, hauling block, and pushing mulch, uh, it was used a lot. Um, and I know the rental for that, I was told, is $250 a day. Mm. So you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another company was County Materials. Uh, they use, let us use compactor for the uh, patio, and they also let us use like a laser to shoot grade for the patio and for the retaining walls. Um, all that is a science. Um, it's one of those things you want to do right the first time because you don't want to have to do it over again. <laughs> and so we were able to use those free of charge as well. And um, with all that, we put together the patio, three retaining walls, and um, if we would have contracted it all out, that would have came up to be over $40,000 for materials and labor. And so we were able to do that for $13,000. Mm. Um, and not only that, in that $13,000, we also bought furniture for the patio. And we also bought mulch and plants and waterline materials. And of course, that lovely ark out there, compliments of the handiwork of Ron Matson and his team, and also fencing that will go along the patio that we didn't quite get in this last fall, but will go in um, once this lovely snow melts. And so it's pretty amazing uh, how God stretched that $13,000. Actually, I think we should give him a praise offering. Mm. So this spring, we are going to start by installing the fence that we have downstairs along the patio for some security for our children, and also installing security lighting for the patio and the playground. Um, that is all in the works. 
and it has been generously covered uh, financially by a family from our um, church here. Uh, they are going to pay for the electrician and for all the electrical work. And so that was a very generous gift that was we were very happy to receive. Um, there is, though, a prayer request. Our project is not done. God is still working. Um, last fall, actually early October, uh, we were offered playground equipment from Schofield Elementary School, which you all know is, has been closed now for a couple years. Uh, the, per the gentleman that purchased it offered us the playground equipment free of charge if we removed it from their site. And that was something he gave us a three-month window to do. And being early October, and we had still much on our plate out here, um, we didn't get at that immediately. And by early November, he had an offer on the property. So it kind of put everything on hold. Um, so we are waiting right now for the developers' plans to either go through or not and to see if that is going to affect the offer that he made to us for the playground. So if you could play, pray that God would just keep that door open because when we started looking at the cost of pr playground equipment, um, you had to pick the Donaldsons and the Wellies up off the floor because the cost is just through the roof. And this was going to be an amazing answer to prayer. And we trust that God will keep that door open. And so we want you to pray uh, to that end. And then also, Lord, uh, that we would also, um, at that time, when that door is opened, and we can go and remove that playground equipment, that we will need a large team of guys and gals to um, help do that, um, to both remove and install in our playground. So... Other expenses that we can see coming up for the playground, uh, one that's a must, and that is signage. We need to get um, signs, proper signage up for liability purposes, like children need to be uh, supervised by their parent type of a thing in case of an accident. Um, other things that are more um, flexible that maybe aren't an emergency would be like umbrellas for the patio, trees for the playground, so hopefully we someday we have shade. Um, planters and plants for the patio, benches, which is a possible project for an Eagle Scout um, that's looking into that, and then like things like garbage can and a, and a, gr and a gas grill or something um, for the patio area as well. So, but in closing, I have to be honest with you, this project was much more labor intensive than any of us expected, <laughs> um, but we all, I think we all can agree it was worth it, especially when we see the smiles on the face of the kids running and climbing on our structure and having a good time at their park, Bethany Ark Park. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sandy. <coughs> well, one of the exciting new things that has gone on this year is something called the School of Antioch. And uh, by the way, I, lo I love the front row here. I love all you guys, and I have asked someone from the front row who's involved in our School of Antioch to just share a little bit about his experience with that, and, uh, and that is Luke, and I'm going to ask him to come, and he's, you've been in there now, what, since last fall? Pretty much, yeah. So come on up, tell us a little bit about your experience with that, and we're glad you're here. I just want you to know that. All right. Well, like about a year ago, year and a half now, um, I was praying because I got in a calling that I wanted to go into ministry. And I was like, well, I mean, there's not really, you know, down the street, you know, giant seminary school that's super cheap and affordable. And the problem was is that I was totally willing to go, you know, wherever God was calling, but I really felt like he had given me a heart for the ministry here, that in a five-mile radius of our church, there's 14,000 unsaved people. And I'm like, that's the demographic I want to reach, but... I also need to, you know, go to school. So I was praying, and, I mean, just obviously we serve a good God, and he brought up the school of Antioch that I can become trained, I can get a bachelor's degree in ministry and still serve and be relevant in my community. So, I mean, we're on our second semester now, and we just started, so I won't talk about that, but, like, our first semester we went through Acts, and we had gone through Acts as a church, like, two years ago, three years ago? I don't know, time travel's confusing. But, you know, just really getting into it. I mean, I'd read the 
book of Acts. I, you know, studied it, but it was just, it came alive. It wasn't just, you know, a narrative or just a story. It was, I mean, these were real people who were working and laboring and evangelizing and, I mean, going out of their way to share God's word and just getting, like, a 21st century understanding and to draw knowledge from that from the first century, you know, early church. So, I mean, the church has been fantastic. I'm surrounded by a great group of men, you know, it's just, it's cool because we, we have a demographic, you know, we got, you know, mature, older men, and, you know, we even have a high school kid, you know, so it's like, it varies, and just to understand their perspectives and where they're coming from just really makes the class come alive, and Pete Mishow does a fantastic job of leading us, and we do tend to get off task sometimes, but it's cool God stuff, so it's all good, but I am just blessed by being able to go to school and get a degree that's relevant and still be relevant in my community. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. <coughs> Casey, why don't you come up and I'll, I'll have Casey uh, introduce our youth and then also our children's uh, person here who's going to share. And uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. And all your enthusiasm and your love for the <laughs> Lord and everything. It's been great. How long has it been now? Oh, you've been uh, here? Two years and three months, two four years. months maybe. So we are glad has you're Has it been that long? Yeah, it has. It doesn't seem like <laughs> that. So we're glad you're here. So Thanks. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to share with you guys just real brief because I know you've heard a lot of good stories of youth's lives being transformed and children. But I, I just wanted to kind of share last year when I was um, – probably about March or April, I started feeling this real tug to like have a vision, not just, not just a vision that was here before I got here, but a new fresh vision from God. And I even told God, I said, if you don't give me a vision, I'm not going to pass through here anymore. <laughs> I just said that. I said, I'm not going to, I got to have a vision. And he gave me in a, in a vision, he gave me the name ER, which stands for emergency, emergency rescue. So it's like an emergency room for sinners. So, like, you know how the world, like, is in dire need of God and how, like, people are just dying out there, and it's, it's, just, it's just a mess, you know? And, and they need Jesus Christ. And that's what, we're, that's what we're about as a youth minister. Our Wednesday night program is called the ER, and it comes from Mark 2.17, which says, When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. There's a lot of people out there who know that they need Jesus, but they, they don't know. So that's what, where we come in, right? That's where our youth ministry comes in to try to come alongside of them and help them. And we have seen, uh, man, we had these goals for the year, and uh, we had, like, goals for, like, 50 new teenagers this year and 25 youth baptized and just all these, like, crazy goals. And people are like, you're never going to, people are like, you're not going to get there. And I'm like, you know what? what, if we don't get there, that's fine, but at least we're shooting for something, you know? We're shooting for something that God, we go, this is what we're trying to do. This is what our vision is. This is what our, we want to do in the lives of students. So it's awesome. Well, I just have a couple of uh, stories, and what has happened in, with this ER vision is that kids are starting to talk about this. Just this week, I had kids going, hey, you know what? Uh, we got to reach out to our city, and I'm like, guys are getting it. And then they're saying stuff that I say, and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm just blown away by what God's doing. So, um, but a couple of life change stories. One is a discipleship type story with a young man in this room, and I think I've told this, but I'm going to share it again. We're at the uh, 400 block. All these like 700 students were there, and, and we had a time of prayer, and, and uh, one of the kids in here actually was gathered around with this group, and he starts praying because he's the only teenager in the group that can pray, I think. I don't know. But he starts praying, and this, and this girl taps him on the shoulder, and she goes, hey, I want what you got. What do you got there? What are you doing? You know, like, and so right there and then, this girl accepts Jesus Christ in this prayer circle. And I'm like, wow, that was amazing. That's just one amazing story of a, a student that's living it out. And then a life change story when, uh, when uh, Bill Fay came, uh, he started evangelizing, started sharing the gospel with students around in the, in the building. And uh, uh, a young lady came to Christ that Sunday morning. And then when we were sitting around before youth group on Wednesday, she walked in my office, and, and we always, this, her and this other girl always come in, 
and and we talk about life and then I'm like so what's changing your life this week or what's going on and she's like I accepted God this week and then this one girl's like well how do you do that and so then we, I just shared the gospel with her through the word and and she ended up accepting Jesus Christ and her life's changed and so it's just incredible to hear the life change that's going on in our ministry and in this building and outside the building so I want to invite uh, Ethan Dasher up you want to share something real quick about our uh, ministry that kind of came out of our local mission trip that we do every summer as a church to our own city and uh, we go to a place called Green Acres and I just want Ethan to share something about that and then I'm going to invite Don up to share about children's ministry so here you go so this summer we went to Green Acres Trailer Park to um, play with these kids as part of the week mission trip and we had a lot of fun and we decided to come back and do it basically every week for the rest of the summer and so now through this year the relationships with those kids have continued two of them came to Christ within the last couple weeks and we're just we're really excited to go back this summer and continue hanging out with them and helping them grow and as much as we've helped them come to Christ they've helped me grow in my faith all right well I want you if you are a youth or children ministry leader could you stand up I just want people to see who uh, like actually does youth ministry just stand up don't be afraid to <laughs> youth ministry children's ministry leaders around the building and then if you serve so stay standing and then if you just serve in any way in children or youth ministry could you just stand up like if you serve a meal on Wednesday night if you teach games, if you teach lessons, if you're a small group leader, anything, if you pick up kids at Green Acres to bring them here to hear about Jesus, there's a lot of people. Give it up for these people that serve. So thankful for you guys. Thank you so much for what you do for God and his kingdom. It's so awesome. Thank you. All right, well, I want you to give up a huge round of applause. I don't know where Dawn is, but she is one of the best children's leaders that I've been around in my life. And so I just... I appreciate her so much. So here's Don Gehring to share what's going on in the children's ministry. I'm the only children's leader you've known. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Casey already did what I was going to do, so I, I'm glad I was going to have everybody stand in the children's ministry because, you know, to me, I feel like I feel like I don't. I don't sometimes really even know what I'm doing because I have all these awesome people that are, you know, every Sunday showing up to Kidventure, nursery, um, cooking meals on Wednesday, you know, which is a huge, you know, that's a great outreach thing, but that's also huge for the volunteers. I tell you what, the people who come in and cook those meals on Wednesdays, I don't know. <laughs> that does something for me to, to know that someone's cooking a meal for me and I can just come in and serve, and, and, and that's just incredible. And so... Um, I just feel like over this past, over 2013, I know the, the theme was getting, getting engaged. And if I would look how God answered the prayer that year, I, I mean, just so evidently from being, you know, just a, a small team of usually just Casey and I kind of figuring out what are we doing, um, to having this awesome team. Um, um, it, it's a huge team. Uh, it's, uh, we have Julie Dasher and Chad and Sherry Pope, Lori Bartnick, Jeff and Lonnie Clark, Len Pigeon, um, did I forget anyone? Okay. And I tell you what, that team has been amazing. Um, I come to meetings and I'm so excited. I had to leave a, a meeting early once and they just carried on without me and it was fine. And I thought, you know, this is what it's about. This is about, you know, all these people getting engaged and, and stepping up and doing stuff and, and, and getting involved. And I am seeing the fruit of that too. Our kid venture volunteers doubled in one year so that we could split out the classes into older and younger classes. That's been huge. Um, so for me, I feel like this past year, I guess what I've been the most, just, just feeling the most blessed is just the answers to prayer that God brings um, to children's ministry. Um, I'm, a, I'm an organized, my team will tell you, I like to be pretty organized and consistent and I have all these things that I like to happen and I like to be very well planned and, you know, some of them are um, um, less, you know, some of them like a little bit more chaos and fun <laughs> and so that's just been really fun for me to see God bring those people on my team, 
But in all my planning and in all of my, you know, just visioning of I want this or that done, what God has came in and showed me is that in all my planning, nothing can plan for someone coming to Christ on a Wednesday night. In the past couple weeks, we've had two kids come to Christ in Kid Fusion just because they were having a conversation with a really caring, loving adult. And planning is good, and I like to plan, and I like to do all that stuff and be organized, but I love the energy and enthusiasm that God has brought in the volunteers and in the team at Bethany for children's ministry. I am just so blessed by that. Like I said, I feel like I feel like I'm not doing much sometimes because God has brought so many amazing people. So that's really been kind of, um, that's been a great blessing to me this year just to see. And for every single one of you who volunteer in any way in, in children's ministry, just know you are loved and you are appreciated and you are a blessing to these kids and, um, you know, we could not, we could not do this without you. So I'm just really encouraged by that. Well, probably the most difficult thing about <coughs> this service is just all of the people that we don't have time to hear from. You're just, you're just hearing a few of them. We have, we have our worship team that, you know, we enjoy that every week. And, uh, just so thankful for them. We have our missions team. Uh, we sent this last year, we, we could talk a lot about our trip to Ukraine. We had a commissioning for my daughter Janelle that the church has just come behind. She'll be leaving this week for Nepal. Uh, in a couple, three weeks, we'll be hearing from, from Brian, who's, who's, who's feeling a call to the Philippines. And it's just so exciting what God is doing there. We have, you know, behind-the-scenes teams, our financial people every week that work and, and minister faithfully, and there's just so many people that are involved. I have one final person here to share, and then our, our worship team will come up, and we're going to just do a little more worship. But another thing that happens that really isn't organized, and it's part of when Aaron mentioned earlier, this is more than an organization. This is an organism. And what organisms do is that they... They, they naturally work to heal and create wholeness and to create life. And so we could go on for another day with people just coming up and sharing how they have been a part of this body. Uh, I've asked Gary to come up because he's been one of the most recent ones uh, who's experienced just life in the body. Gary, where are you? Here he is. And uh, Gary just wanted to share a word of of really thanks about just his experience as being a part of Bethany. What an amazing God we have. <laughs> now every day, every day he pours out his grace in our lives and his love and his mercy that sustains us throughout our days. And I just asked the pastor if I could take a couple of minutes because um, you all know what I went through. And I just wanted to thank the body this body here, I mean, for your prayers, which, which really helped. I mean, it was a very scary thing. And just to know that I had this whole church body praying for me just, you know, lifts you up. It really does. And a special shout-out to the people that brought food over. I mean, my goodness, I don't know what I would have done. I really don't. Um, being single and basically laying on the couch, uh, I couldn't cook. And I just want to thank him and everybody that came over and sat down and spent time and prayed with me. Um, it was just totally awesome and really uplifting. And I want to give a special shout out to uh, Bob and Mary. Bob was coming over and plowing my driveway and shoveling my walk and shoveling my roof and all these things that needed to get done that I couldn't do. And in the past, you know, pride kept me from asking these things um, because I didn't have humility in my life. And coming to this body, I'm learning so much, so much. Um, I've, I'm learning humility. Um, and it's just very humbling when you're laying on that table and you're ready to get rolled into the room that, you know, if it wouldn't have been for my faith, my love of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I had anxiousness, I had fear, but it was like this. It wasn't like that. And it was really cool because I had that peace that passes all understanding into my heart. And I just knew that my body, this body of Christ, was here for me. It was just awesome. You know, and it's by God's grace and the love of Jesus Christ that I am clean and sober. And it's just so cool. And I can't, I can't say the point enough. 
there's a lot of good ministries in this church so if you're struggling if you're lost if you're just feeling alone plug in there's some really good ministries going on there uh, just a quick shout out here for the life recovery is going well there's a lot of bibles going out there's a lot of seeds getting planted prayerfully hopefully so come back and we can all grow with our relationship and our love for our god thank you very much I invite you to just turn your eyes to the wall for a minute and uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, right?
be in a place where there's no more need, no more pain and no more grief, no more foolish disbelief, and all the joy there will be when at last we finally see one of these days. One of these days, I'm gonna see the hand that took the nails from me. And uh, we will close our service with, uh, I think we'll close our service today with that song, Cornerstone, because that is the foundation upon which we want to continue to build the church. I want to just share one story with you to answer the question, where do we think, where do we sense God is leading us in this next year? It's been a great 2013. What is 2014 going to look like? And I want to just share one story that happened a long time ago and it was with the people of Israel. God called them out of Egypt, as you know. He did some pretty amazing things in the desert and with the Red Sea and bringing water out of rocks. But much like our lives, life wasn't perfect. And there were some tough times and there were some hard seasons. And at one point, Moses went up on Mount Sinai and it, it was two weeks and then three weeks and the people were thinking, this is taking too long. You ever think that? This is taking too long? And so Israel was there, and, and Moses was up, and he didn't come back. It was almost, it had been a month now, and they said he must have fallen off a cliff somewhere. And we don't know what happened to God, because he's not, evidently not here anymore. And so they made their own God out of gold. They made this calf like those they had worshipped and seen worship back in Egypt. And Moses finally came down, and God came down, and it's like walking in a house and, and finding your spouse in bed with somebody. That, the spiritually, that's, that's how it impacted God. They had committed spiritual adultery and, and begun to worship and look to other gods. And God was incredibly upset. And there was a plague that, that broke out, and, and then God came to him. He said something very interesting, and you may have read the story, but you may not have caught this before. But God came to them, and I'm going to read what he, what he said to them in, in Exodus. And this is in, in chapter 33. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. And I will send an angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. Then listen to this. But I, I will not go up among you. God said, you can go. I'll, I'll send an angel who'll destroy all these enemies. And you can have your milk, and you can have your honey, and you can have your everything that you've been complaining and moaning about all these years. But you know what? I'm not going with you. You can have it all, but I'm not going. And then God waited for their response. And the people responded I believe with the way God was hoping they would respond. 
because it says in the next verse, when the people heard this disastrous news. He says they mourned and they would not put on their ornaments, which, which means they, they, they refused to, to come out of the state of mourning. And so we see God's response to their response to this word. In uh, chapter 33, verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in the sight of the people. And consider this nation too, your people. And he said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. If your, Moses said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken I will do for you found favor in my sight and I know you by name. So God came back and said, okay, I'll go with you. So here's the point. It's possible to experience Success in ministry, it, it's, it's possible to, to meet your budget as we did this year. It's possible that we have things happening. It's, it's possible to be successful in ministry as it would have been possible for Israel to go and have their milk and their honey and their property and what they wanted, but to not have the presence of God. And so Jeremiah says, you know, but not the wise man boast in his wisdom or the mighty man boast in his, in his might or the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he knows and understands me. So you may not be the sharpest kid on the block. That doesn't matter. Uh, you may not be in some prestigious position somewhere. That doesn't matter. You may not even have a job. The Lord says what matters is that you know me, that you, that you know me, and that means that you are acquainted with me. That means that you are in a, in a relationship of knowing me. That's a very intimate word, that word knowing him. And so this coming year, this coming year as a, as a church, we, uh, we want... We don't want to go without him. We, we, as we move on into ministry, as we pursue the vision that God has given to us, as overseers, we got together and we were just, we've been praying about what, what God wants us to, to be a focus this year. And we're going to continue on with our, with our outreach. We're going to continue on with, with the gospel. We're going to continue to pray for stars on the wall. But this year, and I'll, I'll sum it up in this little phrase, we want, to, we want to pursue God. We want to draw near to God. That's the invitation, to draw near to him. And so next Sunday, we're going to start in a series entitled The Pursuit of Holiness. Because the Bible says without holiness, you can't see God. And that's going to be a, that's going to be a focus of this coming year. What, what does it look like to live a holy life in such a way that we might draw near to God. And, and we, in essence, want to say with Israel, God, if, if we don't have your presence in 2014, we don't want the other stuff. And so I'm excited. I, I'm looking for God to do something in my life this year. And, and I just have this sense that for a number of people here in this room, that a number of us are going to look back on 2014 and say, wow, that was, that was an impacting year in my life as, as I prayed and, and sought what has it meant to draw near to God. You know, when the, when the temple curtain was broke, torn, and the Holy of Holies, the place that nobody could go to except the priest, was opened up, and, and in Hebrews the writer says, Look, the, the temple's been opened up. Let us draw near. Let us move into that holy of holies. What does that look like, and, and how can we go there? 
And I, I just believe as we do that, that that God is going to just continue to bless and continue to do his work. I'd like to pray, and as I pray, the, the worship team's uh, going to come up. And uh, <clears throat> I think we'll do, uh, as the worship team comes up, I think we'll do a... Uh, I think we'll do a couple of songs. I think we'll do uh, a great song of, as we pray, the darkness turns to light. What, what a powerful thing. And, uh, and, and as we rest on Jesus Christ, I, I believe we'll see the power of God working in and through our ministries. And so I invite you to pray. Then we'll, we'll go out of here with, with those worship songs and, and then we'll head to a meal together. And uh, I just invite you to pray with me. Father, we would like to commit ourselves. I commit myself as we have sought you in terms of, Lord, what you want us to be aware of as a church body. Father, I just believe that as, our, as you have revealed to us that you want us to, yes, be involved in reaching out into our local community in a deeper way. And, and yes, to be involved in, in sharing the good news of the gospel, and yes, to become engaged and continue our, our missions abroad and local. But in all of our, our busyness and our ministry focus that you don't want us to forget, that the greatest thing that we have is you. Lord, I think of the disciples when they came back from ministering and all excited about even the fact that demons obeyed them and, and I, we hear the words of Christ. Don't, don't get so all excited that the demons obey. What you really need to be excited about is that your names are written in my book, that I know who you are and I know you by name. And so, Father, we desire in this coming year to draw, to draw near to you. And, and, Lord, we just believe that you're inviting us to draw near. And Lord, things happen when we draw near. Lives get changed. Lives get empowered. Guilt is removed. And so, Father, we would just pray for, uh, as, we, as we seek to follow you, Lord, just meet us, each of us, in our lives as we pray. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
strong in the same. 